everybody, and welcome to ISO Comics, the weekly comics report with Mike and Ming, broadcasting from the Titans Tower, way out in Red Bank, New Jersey. My name is Ming Chen. Sitting across from me is Red Bank's night, own Nightwing, Mike Zapsik. Everybody, I'm a Nightwing. say hello, Mike. All right, hey, what's up, folks? Red, Red Bank's own Vigilante Justice. Uh, wow, I haven't even Ma- been patrolling Mike the streets. Mike Zapsik, everybody. Aren't you, um... Do you do the same thing that Walt Flanagan does? Uh, if the meter maid is going around, you'll put quarters into the meters that are expired. We have, yeah. To piss her oh off. You've God, done yeah. it too? Oh, yeah. That's vigilante. That's right, taking cool. matters in Actually, your I got yelled at. By? One of the uh, meter maids. What is she? What was he, her? It he. was a dude who what said, uh, hey, that's illegal. I'm like. Is it illegal? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. think it is. Because he not? came up and he was about to put a, a ticket uh-huh. on the car, so I put a quarter in there. Yoink. He's like, "You can't do that." I said, "I just, I just did." did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, "You know, I could, I could write you up for that." And I'm like, what, "Then what, give me a what, ticket." What authority? What jurisdiction does that guy have? Uh, write, I don't write, know. What do you mean, write you up? Like write your award? Like a uh, like a ticket? He could this, write me a ticket. And and he, can he write you a ticket? Mike Zapp's like, "This man is not very nice." Uh, yeah, exactly. But you are being nice. So. Exactly. He's he impeded. Uh, I don't know. What would he do? What's the charge? Uh, obstruction of justice. <laughs> yeah, he would have gone for that. Wow. What what uh, what kind of fine does that carry, Mike? What kind of? Uh, what I kind have of... no idea, nor did I care, because I kept walking. And you kept. I did not recognize like... his authority. Yeah. How? Uh, and and you felt good, right? Oh yeah. This is what superheroes must feel like. Yeah. On, this on is, a larger scale. This is what God must feel like when he's holding a gun. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, this must be what Batman feels like yes. when he. He's, he takes down the Joker. Yeah, he takes down the Joker. It's you know the Joker's a meter man, obviously. Of course he and is. Justice is the quarter going into the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the meter. Well, yeah. Good, good job, Mike. See, you are a vigilante. I sort of. Yeah. 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 Well, happy Groundhog's Day. Mike. Yes, it's Groundhog's Day. What's uh, Puxatawney Phil saying? I have no idea. Our uh, our friends over at Deathwish Coffee uh, took took a trek over there. They're podcasting. Over oh, there. are they? That's yeah. I thought that was very innovative. That's genius. I thought that was cool. They are uh, looking for Bill Murray. Well, They're they like, where the hell's Bill Murray? They went to the thrift store and they they got costumes from the movie. So. Uh, oh, so they're dressing up like they're dressing Groundhog's up like Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. Okay. Yeah, well. one dude's dressed up like Andy McDowell. <laughs> one dude's dressed up late. Well, they're right. all dudes. So. All right. Well, so one of them in drag, I guess. If if I were to guess, uh, it's probably our friend Jeff Ayers, okay. who, uh, who we've met in our many con travels. Yes, he's probably the Andy McDowell. So, but um, our uh, our beloved AMC Mike is running a Groundhog's Day marathon. Well, good for them. Twenty four hours of Groundhog's Day, and well, it should be. Actually, I would sense. say forever of Groundhog's Day. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it. You can you can go and catch it on AMC all day today. Yes, everybody. Yes, and then watch comic comic book man returning Sunday, February twelfth at midnight only on AMC. Yes, Mike Zapsick, Brian Johnson, Wolf Lang, and Ming Chen, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith back for eight more fun filled adventures. Yes. After hey, can I just back. say one thing yeah, about you can say everything you uh, want. about the trial of Brian Q Quinn yes. on? Uh, if you're a Tell Steve Dave fan, and you've already you should heard be. This. If you're not a Tell Him Steve Dave fan, you should listen. You should to listen this. to the it's last awesome. episode. Basically, what we did is uh, we put Brian Quinn. We did not. Brian Quinn. Uh, he he pretty much gave himself up. Okay. Because uh, he went on Reddit and um, never, folks. If you get a chance, stay away from Reddit. Uh, yes, Reddit's Reddit. Reddit is cesspool. Just, I mean, even if you of, even if you're not as Famous as Ming Chen and I, right? And by the way, we get a shitload of hatred on Reddit. You and I, 
I don't know if you've ever gone. I don't go on Reddit because, you know, that kind of negativity. I, I I've been need. on there. And I've been on the, there's a Tell Him Steve Dave Reddit. There is. And I got to tell you, here's the really funny thing. And it's all um, full of assholes. Absolutely. Who, uh, it's funny as shit because uh, <laughs> get him, Steve Dave. Um, Why? How, how get do him you? Get him is a moderator, number right. one. How do, you, how do you give any credibility to a message board moderated by him? I don't. Yeah. But he takes great pleasure in reading all the hatred for me. Uh, he's like, wow, you're getting a lot of. Hate. I know. He's Mike, like, wow, these guys, a- Mike, these guys don't think you're funny. Yeah, they don't think you're funny. These I'm like, yeah, but do funny. they think you're funny? Get him. And no. he's like, yeah, yeah, they think I'm funny. I'm like, well, there you go. I don't think they think they think, they think he's funny. He's funny. Yes. So they don't get banned from the board. Pretty much, I, I would have way. to say. Yeah, they they kiss his ass. Yeah. So it's, but I, I was just like, this is this is awesome that I've got get him who. <laughs> Gidham's never liked me. It's fine. I yeah, don't vent, give a shit. Vent away, man. Uh, no, no, I'm not venting. I'm just, you I'm just venting. stating. It's okay. Good. No, it's not really venting because I'm not feeling any anxiety or anything. Okay. I just find that Reddit is, um, like I said in in the trial, uh, my 11 and my 13 year old both say that it's full of 12 year old douchebags. Right, who, and they uh, should know who well, whine. They're not yeah. douchebags, but they're 12. no, no. But they're they're like, they're, and they stay off Reddit <laughs> not, too. Yeah. But it's just so funny because they're, they're like, you shouldn't go on there. It's just, it's a bunch of people who go on there and whine. Yeah. Mike, That's our friend okay. Joe Hart one asked, question for Mike. How do you deal with Get Him Steve Dave on a daily basis? Drugs. Lots drugs? and lots of drugs. Now, I, uh, how do you, what do you add? I ignore him most I've, of the time. Yeah. I, I hit up, uh, yeah, ton. I OD on ibuprofen. Yeah. And I've seen him. Mike just ignores him. Um, he will. He'll come out with some kind of statement or some weird fact, and yes, and uh, every five minutes, it is so weird because he will state stuff with authority, and you're you're tempted to believe him, right? Like um, he told Brian Johnson that he's got uh, 15 IQ points higher than Brian. His does, IQ is 15 points higher than Brian. How does he know this? Um, Brian took uh, an IQ test and came up Online? with his number. Uh, maybe I don't okay. know. I, I'm just. Paraphrasing, right? Stuff and that so, I found on sugar so packets. So by him being fifteen points higher, he wins. I believe. I think <laughs> in, in his life? mind, he wins not just Brian in Johnson? life, but in everything else. I see. Uh, so yeah, he he likes to lord that over Brian, which is funny as hell to me because it does get under Brian's skin. Okay. Brian loves being the smartest person in the room. Okay, sure. Which is in in some cases, it's it's very true. Right. Brian is a smart guy. Yeah. And others like showing up to things. He's not so. <laughs> well, he's not so know, brilliant. If if that's if that's a, a, I don't know, a testament to his his intelligence, okay. and probably not. Okay. But anyway, well, uh, I digress. Point? So we were we were talking about this, and um, he had asked me if I think I'm the funniest person on Comic Book Men, second funniest person, third, fourth, and uh, I said no. I, I think I'm. Uh, I, you know, being funny on on uh, Comic Book Men right. is not my job. No. Uh, every once in a while, I'll I'll get a zinger in there, but my job is to be the guy who yeah, knows doing stuff this about comics. To be awesome at <laughs> I comic know book knowledge. These. This is this is my job. I'm. If we had to go with, um, like the um, the castaways. Sure. I would be the professor of you, comic. You'd books. be the per- not just the professor. With a f- professor of comics. Of comics. So, yeah, you got to, you know, because I'm not uh, about to sit I'm, there. And, obviously, I'm little buddy. You are. You obviously, are, the captain is. Of either. course, Walt. And I would think that um, 
Who's Brian Ginger? Brian, no, Brian is actually Thurston because Thurston doesn't give a fuck about anything, right? And uh, you know, he thinks that you know Thurston is if you throw money at a problem, it'll go away, right? So, and I think Brian has that too. So, good point. Good point. All right. Well, oh, what was your? Oh, so your point. Um, well, I say so, and I and I it, in a room of who I consider comedic geniuses mainly. Walt and Brian are two of the funny guys I know. Right. Walt unintentionally. Yes. And Brian yeah. is just quick. He's everything he says is. Pretty, oh, oh, and uh, I'm yes. Pretty funny. And then you know, yet in Kevin, Kevin's obviously exactly. But that's that was my point. So anytime you get anything in and it works, that's it's, a win. Exactly. And get him, uh, get him. Forgot that Kevin was part of the cast too. Oh so yeah. He's like on a you know on a series yeah, with four I would, people. I would never claim to be. No, the funniest. No, so I don't know what uh, what the point is. Do I know funny? Absolutely. Everybody who lives knows funny. Sure. It's all because being funny is subjective. Yeah, and what you consider to be funny is is really subjective. Oh, yeah, of course. Depends on what region you're, who you're exactly, with. Exactly. Because you know, what, what hell, I don't know what is. pop is. Right. What's going on at the time? It's all exactly. It's all a matter of timing. It's all a matter of timing. So, just uh, anyone who is on Reddit right now and um, just. Going off on the the trial of Brian Quinn. Brian Quinn knows funny. Yeah, I, I highly recommend you listen to it. It's a good, it's a good two part episode. Part yes. two coming out, I imagine tomorrow. And then I guess, uh, well, the whole thing, this whole thing is predicated on uh, Brian Quinn being out of touch, maybe not suited for the podcast anymore. And after listening to this trial, listeners can go and vote on whether he gets to stay <laughs> or not. But you can only vote on Reddit, right? Yes, I believe so. So you go on Reddit once. So you have to go on there. Yeah. <laughs> or um yeah, so good good luck. Godspeed, Brian Quinn. I hope uh Yeah, because isn't you know, his he, replacement get him? Yes. Oh man, yeah. I, I think that well, Brian and Walt would both kill well, themselves. Well if Quinn, if you do if you're not allowed to return the seat here is always open for you. Sure, why and not? He's well qualified to be on this podcast. Oh yeah, he's a he's a comic. He's a huge comic guru. guru geek. When he's traveling, he's downloading books, uh and he's 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 a current reader, and uh, he knows his shit. So we should have him on like every so often. I he's I, his always schedules his schedules a little tough. Yeah, a little I'm tough. Sure. But I think uh, I think he's great. I think has he been on? He's been on. Has he been on once? Once or twice. Once or twice. Yes. I think he's jumped in. And he is actually on in comic books now because they uh, the artist on Spider Man Deadpool. Oh yeah, they put him in there. He got killed. In. Yeah, he got. Beheaded. He got beheaded. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, I got got a couple uh, got a couple news items here. Okay. And then uh, we uh, we got a call in today. Beautiful. Blake Northcott, the yes. writer of All New Fathom, so Fathom Volume Six from Aspen Comics. Yes. Is uh, we're gonna be calling her. Uh, she's a Canadian comic book writer. Fantastic. And uh, I'm excited. We're, we're gonna be talking to her. Uh, probably eh, we'll, we'll ring her up in about five minutes. Okay. But, cool. Uh, before that, Mike, um, if you're on Instagram or if you're anywhere on social media, I don't know if you saw the first tweeted Instagram photo from a Star Wars movie. Now it was uh, they they put up a picture of the slate, take right. one, scene one, act one, uh, and on the bottom it said movie title Star Wars Red Cup. Did you see this? Did you see this? I picture? did not. This is very cool, though. Or is Red Cup? I'm like, Red Cup? What the hell is that? And, you know, the caption was like, just give it some thought. Star Wars, 
Red Cub. Now, who makes the Red Cubs? Solo. Solo makes the Red Cubs. Solo Red Cub. So Star Wars, the Han Solo standalone movie is in production as of, uh, I believe, Monday, Mike. So they've been shooting for four days. Your, your thoughts, Mike? Uh, I'm actually no, you're, pretty, pretty you're, psyched about this because we don't know much about Han Solo's past. Uh, no, we don't know what the canon is anymore. What do we know about Han Solo's past? He got mixed up with Lando Calrissian at some point. Yes, he was uh, friends with Lando. He did. He made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Well, Dude, are we going to see this, the run? I, is that the climax? They would have to. They would have to show okay, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, and we know that he ran afoul of, he was a smuggler, spice smuggler. Right. Spice being the, um, I, I, what would you call it? The, the, the polite term for drugs in the Star Wars yeah, universe. Spices. <laughs> yes. Yeah, spices. Yeah, spices. Um, and he, he was, uh, in with, uh, Jabba the Hutt. Yes. Pretty close. Close enough to get a very large bounty put on his head. Sure. So our friend here, Count Shakya, says, I want to see the poker game scene where he wins. Oh, where he wins. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And wasn't he also, again, not knowing if it's canon or not, but they had stated that he was in the, uh, almost like the ROTC of the Empire. He was in the the Officer's Candidate School, OCT. Officer training. Where do we learn this? Uh, I don't know. I read that somewhere really? where he was actually He was in an organized group? Yes. That, he was that that was like fast tracking him to become like one of the Imperial officers. Wow. He could he have been like been, Admiral Ozzel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ran afoul of uh Darth Vader We've many just made a time. our landing, sir, and <laughs> Well, well good thing he didn't Exactly he didn't, he didn't stay on that track. No, no, because that's it's a pretty much a dead end. You get you hit Admiral, you're like how can I not piss off Darth Vader today? Right. I think that's pretty much... Uh, how can I not be on the receiving end of one of his puns? Right. That would be and nice. And then do we get to see how he meets Chewie, or do we... Is he oh, we Chewie would have already? to. I mean, I think... Uh, no, no, I think you would have to have him meet a younger Chewbacca. Okay. And does Chewbacca look younger? He's like maybe a little smaller. <laughs> he looks like uh, Itchy. He looks like, oh, Itchy, his itchy, son? Itchy, yeah, his Well, son. that would make sense, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. All it was right. Ma- Mala... Itchy and what was um, the other guy was oh, his grandfather or Chewbacca's father was who the one watching Lumpy. the the porn Lumpy. Lumpy there you go watching the uh, the, the so porn they Lumpy. put no thought into those names did they no not not at even all. a little bit Actually, like I, hey what can Art Carney remember Lumpy since, you, all since right. you bring up the Star Wars holiday special there is a podcast out with, that I was just made aware of where they talked to. One of the cameramen worked oh on the holiday God. special. Let me see if I can find the name of that podcast. Uh, the name of the podcast is called I Was There Too. Okay. And the whole theme of the podcast is they talk to people who are extras on movies. Or okay. people who work behind the scenes. Right. And one Sounds of their, interesting. One of their episodes uh, involves uh, talking to one of the, one of, one of the, one cameramen. Of the cameramen. And you, you, you hear some pretty good stuff. I, I highly recommend it to you. Highly recommend it. You should have found the dancer who was uh, doing the porn She's for... probably dead. Uh, well, Diane Carroll sang, is she alive? I think she is. Well, let's just say yes. Let's I, say uh, she's alive. I think she may be alive. Okay. I think Diane... And you know what? I'm going to have to check now. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Our friend Four Color PJ, I will back up what Mike said. I heard he was in the Imperial Army and broke out Chewie, and that's why he's a smuggler now. Nice. That's cool. That's awesome. That would be very cool to see him like in ROTC... <laughs> 
And uh, oh, look at this guy, Zap Attack fourteen. Look at this oh, nice. username. You, I don't know why if you've attacked people fourteen times, but I like it. Chewie's like two hundred years old, so I think he'd be the same size. Well, maybe at a growth spurt. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know how how Wookie biology works. I have no idea. So, also speaking of Star Wars, one uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, Couple episodes ago, uh, the nerd is Chris Hardwick interviews Mark Hamill. It's about right. an hour and forty-five minute interview. Nice. It is an amazing interview. Well, I learned it's, things about it's Hardwick, Star Wars. Man. Hardwick is one hell of an interview. I, I learned, you know what? I give all the props in the world to Hardwick. I learned things about Star Wars that I didn't know about. Not only that, Mark Hamill is a true bona fide. He's one of us. I know. He's a collector. Yeah. He can't stop collecting. That's in awesome. He, lo- he he'll. He loves sixty-five years old and or sixty-seven. Yeah, How, he, he however loves, old he is, he loves golden and silver age comics, dude. Yeah, Which, yeah. We found a lot of people in um, the business, the acting world, who are huge comic book nerds. Right. Samuel L. Jackson, yeah, huge comic nerd. Right. Uh, Teddy Sears, who played Jay Garrick, oh, huge, yeah, loves, huge, loves collecting comic eerie books. comics right now, pre-code stuff. Will Wheaton, huge comic yeah. nerd. Yeah. Or just a nerd. You can call him a nerd. That's fine. Yeah. All this to say is uh, we need to get Mark Hamill on the show. Should we be blessed with the seventh season? That would That's, be awesome. That's it. We need to, we need, if we need to throw a whole bankroll at him, if I need to contribute, <laughs> if I need to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 3 and, and shell out money myself to get him, I'll do it. You the are the man the then. I Diane Carroll is 81 years old. And so still alive? Yeah, she's still alive. Let's uh, let's get a hold of her and oh, find out what's going on. One more to add to the star through collect list: Nick Cage, Mike. Nicholas Cage. Can, can yes. Get, how can you can not? Can we get Nick Cage? Uh, would how you, awesome would that be? He comes in and he's just all sorts of Nick Cage Dude, on Walt, us. Walt, come on, man! Can't you? Come on, Walt. Come on, Walt. Get, get, come on. How about a hundred dollars? This is the third time I've had to. You know, no, we sound declare, like Chris, yeah. We don't. Sound, we sound like Christopher Lloyd. Exactly. Dude. Great or, Scott. Great Scott. Let's roll. Yeah. Um, how great? Can we get Nick Cage? Rockin' good news. We've got Nick Cage. Um, Do you I would think like Nick, Cage Nick Cage watches the show? I doubt it. Why? I would have to say. I don't doubt I bet you Nick Cage watches the show. Somebody confirmed that Nick Cage watches comic book men. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe Nick Cage could, could do it. I think Nick Cage can do it. Here's Dean the Mole Man wants to know okay. who has the larger penis, you or Michael Zapsik. Oh, it's definitely Mike Zapsik. I want to be the big... Dairy, uh, the big dairy. Hello, I'm Asian. What kind of okay. question is this? I don't know. Get out big of here gnarl. with your dumb questions. Yeah, answer seriously. Come on, man. What's the matter with you? Yeah, I do like his avatar, though. It's Mr. Sparkle. Is it your dick? No, actually, it sort of looks. Like, Mr. Sparkle does look like my dick a little bit. It, it, it does. I put Google googly eyes on it just to you know give it a little personality. It does. Awesome. It does. Are you ready for a, for an amazing phone call, Mike? Yes. Let's uh, do this. Let's uh, let's ring up. Our, our friend Blake here. Let's bring her up. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hello. Hello, Blake. This is Ming Chen. This is, uh, you got Mike Zapsik here. Hello, Blake. We were talking to Blake Northcott, Canadian writer, creator, badass, and uh, <laughs> and now our now our new friend. Uh, she is the ra- the writer of All New Fathom. Out yesterday from Aspen Comics. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Oh, yes. for sure. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Uh, just, you know what? I'm going to ask you that the real big softball question. Okay. Uh, right off the bat. 
how does it feel to be coming on? And this is volume six of Fathom, correct? Uh, yes, it actually it comes out. Uh, All new Fathom comes out next Wednesday. Oh, next Wednesday! Excellent. My, That's my fantastic. Um, now, my bad. We got advanced copies. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, 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 wow, we've made it. I know, Blake. The, we've made it. We got yes, advanced right. copies. The privileges of being a comic book man. Uh, the, but my question is, how does it um, knowing that Michael Turner, the the big mahaf, the you know, rest in peace. He created this, and you are following in some pretty darn big footsteps. Oh my gosh, I totally am. And did you nerd I, out? Were you like I, fathom? I yeah. have no idea who that is, but I love her. <laughs> no, I was not. I was totally. I knew who she was, and I was completely floored when they said that's the comic we want you to write. I was like, Are you sure? Really? <laughs> because I was completely honored. I can't even tell you. Um, of course, I grew up, you know, like when I was got getting into comics in the 90s, I, I knew all about Fathom. I was a 90s girl, so I grew up, with, you know, going to the store and getting my Witchblade and, you know, Gen 13 and everything. And Fathom is so iconic, so iconic. And I'm just completely thrilled to be a part of Aspen. That's awesome. And you had Ming at Ming Chen at uh, Gen 13. I know, fellow Gen 13 yes. fan. I get teased mercilessly at the store. Not by me. Not by Mike. No. No, no, I, I love it. I believe whatever you read is what you want to read. I think it's awesome that people are reading comic That's books. That's why we're friends. Mike. Yeah. Um, and, and then we have people at the store who think otherwise. But Oh, there are. But, you know. <laughs> I love J. Scott Campbell, so I'm a huge fan. Of course. Yeah, and, and why would you not? Blake, how did you get mixed up on all of this? How, um. Okay. How, how, yeah, tell me the story. Okay, do you want to hear the long version of, like, my background, or do you want to hear how I got into Fathom? Sure. Would, yeah, I would like both, actually. Okay, so I don't mind talking to you guys about that. That's ex- kind of give you my backstory. Um, so I went to university, and I got a degree in English literature. So like all, you know, kids coming out of university, I got an amazing job in insurance, which totally applied to my degree. Wow. <laughs> of course it did, hey, sure. Insurance doesn't write itself. No, and you know, it, it was very, I have to be honest, it was so boring, and it wasn't my dream job, and uh, I was writing novels part-time, sort of on the side, uh, and eventually it came down to me having to choose, do I want to keep going with this, you know, kind of boring, super secure job, or do I want to follow my dream? So I decided to go ahead and write my novel. So I did that, and got out of insurance, wrote my novel, and it was called Arena Mode. And it was a sci-fi superhero book that takes place in the dystopian future. And I ended up kickstarting it. So Kickstarter, you know, huge crowdfunding platform. And it really took off from there. And I was, I was sort of shocked, actually, at how, how it took off. Um, people really took notice. And it, I think it's kind of surprising to myself even because I, people don't realize how close I was to quitting if arena mode hadn't taken off the way it did. I probably would still be writing insurance. (laughs) So anyway, a few years later, I'd written three books, and it became the most funded sci-fi series on Kickstarter. Excellent. That is cool as hell. Yeah. We're going to be – one day we'll be hitting you up on how to – on the the do's and don'ts of Kickstarter. (laughs) One day. One day. Don't promise stuff, Ming. I think that's the, the biggest don't. Don't promise things. Just oh, make, I, make I, people give you money. Don't promise stuff on Kickstarter that you can't deliver. Uh, okay, let's go with that too. Yeah. You can't <laughs> deliver. That's cool. Believe me, I consulted people too because it, it is a whole kind of different ball of wax to get into with uh, the Kickstarter universe. But 
I really enjoyed it. It was great. I actually met a lot of people because my book was unique um, in the sense that it was a novel, like a 300-page novel, but I hired some of the most amazing artists that I could find in the industry, like from Marvel, DC, and Image, to illustrate the characters in my book. Um, You know, so there's art from Steve McNiven, Dave Johnson, Barry Kitson, Mark McKenna, Natasha Allegri, just to name a few. So I was thrilled with how it turned out. That's awesome. You named a couple of our friends, Mark McKenna. I love Barry Kitson's art, by the way. So, uh, Yeah, amazing. no, they're amazing. Just amazing. So anyway, um, that's basically how I got into writing in general, which took off from my writing career. Um, and from there, I ended up doing some stuff, um, being the, you know, the Miller World ambassador, which got me more involved in comics. That's, that's a, how do you become a Miller, Mark Miller ambassador? There's another interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, actually, we, we kind of met over Twitter. I, I had done a tweet one day. I don't even remember what the tweet was about. But uh, he sent me a reply, and we ended up just chatting over Twitter. And he said that uh, he wanted to know if I could send him over a couple of writing samples. So I did. And... He let me know that he was going to be revising the letter column and back pages for Miller World, and he asked if I'd like to be in charge of it, and of course, I jumped at that chance. So that's how I ended up doing that for for Mark Miller, and that was an amazing opportunity as well. Now, he lives in Scotland uh, with his partner and his kids, so I didn't get a chance to actually meet him in person until the Kick-Ass 2 launch party happened. Wow, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. You got invited to the kick-ass launch party. Now, if I'm going to tell you guys a real story, that's the story I have to tell you because okay. it's like the craziest thing that ever happened to me. So, yeah, I have to tell you this story. <laughs> tell, <laughs> if tell, you'd like to hear it. I would love to. Tell oh, away, my yeah. friend. Okay. So I got invited to go out to the kick-ass two launch party by Mark's partner, Lucy, because I was in touch with both of them. And she said, would you like to go? The only <laughs> catch is it's in two days. Because this was leading up to, uh, it was at, right at the same time as San Diego Comic-Con. Right. So I had 48 hours to get over my butt from Toronto all the way over to San Diego. So like any normal person, I dropped everything, bought a plane ticket, and flew to San Diego. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. Exactly, right? So this turned out to be like literally the craziest two days of my life. Um, I remember, so I flew out of Buffalo. So a lot of Canadians, what we do here sometimes to catch um, flights that are a little bit cheaper or they're more readily available is we drive across the border into Buffalo. Right. So I did that. I drove from here to Buffalo and um, got on a plane in Buffalo. Now, when I crossed the border, I had just my overnight bag with me and they'd asked to see my passport and they were a little bit... Um, curious as to why I was flying out to California for one night and then coming back. Right. Raise some suspicions. Exactly. You know, you totally look like a terrorist. So exactly. I do. So, you know, I can understand like my, they found my books in my bag and were really upset about the books. (laughs) They were like, whose books books are these? What are you going to do with them? They were upset with the contents. They were, they were upset with my story in general because I said I was going to visit some friends right. that I'd been invited to this Hollywood party. Right. And I was going to um, also visit my friend Comic Book Girl 19 at uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Okay, I mean, obviously sounds made up, so I, I can see why they have suspicions. Exactly. I should have been more prepared for this. So yeah, what happened? They actually, the border guards were 
really crazy. And they pulled me into an interrogation room for probably an hour and a half, a good hour and a half. Holy were, crap. Yeah. I, I've never been so scared in my life. Like I literally, I'm not going to even shy away from telling you this. I broke down in tears. I was terrified because they're so, um, you know, they, the way they ask you the question, you feel like you've already done something wrong. I felt like I was doing something wrong by flying out there for a day to go to this party. Um, anyway, after the whole thing broke down, it ended up being that I hadn't declared the books properly and they wanted to charge me a fine for <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It was $9 I owed them after a two-hour interrogation, and I almost missed my flight. So that was the crazy beginning part of the trip. Now, the fun end part of the trip is much better. <laughs> so I ended up going, and it was fine. And during the day, I was at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con, which was amazing. I've never been before, so totally incredible. And then that night was the Kick-Ass 2 party, which was a block party in downtown San Diego. And it was co-sponsored um, by Playboy. Oh, oh, hey, all right. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Like, getting on this guest list was insane. Like, they asked for my ID when I showed up because, you know, everyone was trying to, like, crash the party. And so, anyway, I made it in legit. So, that was fine. But um, they had a full shark tank behind the bar. The bar was a shark tank with literal wow. sharks in it. It was crazy. That's amazing. That's insane. And the Playboy bunnies were serving the drinks. So I ended up doing shots with a ton of Playboy bunnies and getting a little bit, a little bit hammered. <laughs> and it was so much fun. It was so, so much fun. And I met a ton of celebrities that night where I would never in a million dreams have thought I would have met. So it was amazing that Mark invited me out and it was so much fun and probably the craziest night of my life. And, uh, so it was all worth it being detained by border guards. And this sounds like your version of heaven, by the way. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was. Yeah. And oddly enough, the shark tank comes back into play later on in your life uh, with the with Fathom. Yes. That's right. That's right. It's full, full circle there, right back to Fathom. That's amazing. Yeah. So how did you get involved with writing uh, for, for Aspen? So uh, I have a... a kind of a large social media following. I am on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, you know, I have friends that I end up engaging with and writing. Yeah, and, you can and, you can follow you know, Blake at uh, comic book girl that's G R R L on uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can find her on Facebook. She's everywhere. Not hard to find. And uh, if you if you look at her photo, um she clearly does not look like a terrorist just uh, <laughs> like Yes, you know. come on. That, how Oh, no way. Yeah, I know. That's, There's absolutely uh, no that's, way. That's terror right there. So uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for interrupting. Anyways, uh, your large social media following. Yeah, so I interact with um, you know people online. I'm writing blog posts. I'm just pretty much annoying people in general every day. And um, <laughs> one of you know sometimes people write me and I don't really realize who the person is. Or so I got a message from Vince Hernandez um, over at Aspen, and at the time I didn't really realize that we were Facebook friends. And he'd been following my work for I guess a year, close to a year. He said. Um, and he, he said, you know, I really just gravitate towards your, your writing and would you be interested in writing for us? And I was completely just honored, so honored and excited. I can't tell you how excited. That's awesome. Did they have you send over samples or uh, were they basing your, uh, your skills on your previous work? 
Yeah, yeah. He, no, he'd read my book, I think, Arena Mode. Perfect. So he knew my, my style. Plus, you know, when I write posts and things, and I've also written um, for CBR, CBS Online, um, Verily Magazine. There's a couple of places that I've also written. So I sent over some samples. And he seemed pretty, it was funny, he seemed pretty sure right away. He was like, no, I think you're a great fit for this voice. So, you know, I was I was excited to go ahead. It all happened actually really quickly. Which was fun, really fun. It's nice to have that feeling of um, confidence in your work, you know, that they were excited to start right away. That's cool. It's also inspiring. Uh, just we know a lot of people who want to write comics, and um, you know, before you get to uh, publishers contacting you, uh, put some stuff out there. Yeah, and people will see it, and and. Uh, you know, see if you're legit or not. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Everybody thinks that they can write. Everybody's got a story in them, but so few people can like, put. Great, where is it? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's up here. I we get those phone calls every day. Hey, I've got an idea for Kevin. Uh, I want him to direct my movie. It's like yeah, okay. yeah. I tell you what, I'm going to put you on a list, and yeah. then you know, yeah, a watch list. Yes. Oh no, it takes years for sure. I mean, I've been writing on and off now like five years, so this was kind of my big break, I guess you could say. Um, you know, especially in the comic industry. And my, my book has a similar theme. Uh, so I think he could see that it would be a good fit that way. Yeah, and that's great. Your story is very similar to our friend Amy Chu's, who's who is writing, like, everything right now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, she's doing yeah, Kiss. Poison Ivy. She's doing Kiss. All, like, all yeah, she did Poison Ivy. Right yeah. yeah, I read about she did Poison Ivy, yeah. That's amazing. And well, Red Sonia. Red Sonia. And Red Sonia, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, me and Mike are just fans of uh, female writers in general. We think there should be more of them. So a lot more. You know, actually, my my wife's a great writer, but she's not. Uh, she doesn't do much comic book writing. So yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You know what? Um, I should make her write some comic books. Yeah. For anyone not familiar with uh, the story of Fathom, uh, do you have a, you have like the elevator pitch? Um, yeah, the thumbnail sketch. Yeah, the thumbnail sketch. Uh, yeah, okay. So it's essentially, it's going to be the same as it was, you know, in the late 90s. And I'm not rebooting it. You know, there are some changes, but it's still the main character everyone loves and remembers. Uh, you know, she's a superhero named Aspa Matthews who can control water. And she's part of an underwater race called the Blue. So what you'll see, you know, in the all new Fathom, it's not what you're maybe used to seeing in the big two. Mar- I think, anyway, Marvel and DC have kind of, I don't know, sanitized things a little bit maybe since the early 2000s. And they're targeting, you know, a very broad, mostly younger audience. So I think it's safe to say, you know, some comics that inspired like Daredevil or Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and even Deadpool movie, they're now a little bit sort of like relics of the past. Uh, that sharp tone that Marvel comics used to have. I feel it has been kind of dulled down a little bit since Disney kind of bought them and they're appealing to such a, a much younger audience. So the all new fathom now might be a little edgier, I think, and more subversive than Marvel and DC fans are used to. And I like that we get a little meta with the comic book industry itself. I get to poke fun, you know, a little bit at some things that have changed since the nineties, which is a little bit of a different spin on it. So if you want a book that's not afraid to kind of step out of that box, then this would be the perfect one for you. Yeah, I like how you updated it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's actually um, a lot of social media influence. Yes. Um, in this book, and uh, I I love uh, there's I I'd say there's a little more action in this book than um than than I see on say a weekly basis. Um, uh, basically the synopsis here is that Aspen runs runs afoul of uh, a rival of her race, the Bloom, uh, runs into a villain called the Typhos. Right. And uh, and they, they battle it out, and they they lay 
they they don't lay waste to a city, but they you know they take a big chunk out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I love is uh, the Typhos's main weapon is something called the Glaive Mike. I haven't seen the Glaive since the since Crawl. Crawl. Right? Remember that movie? I, <laughs> I, I don't, love Crawl. Have you seen Crawl? Do you know? Are you aware of this? Um, there was a fantasy movie. Was it 1983? I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, where the Glaive were there was a there's a Glaive in it. It's the main weapon. And we're we're old, so we're like, holy crap, the glaive, the glaive. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know much about that. Oh, um, man, we're gonna have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to get you. We're gonna have to get you a copy of that movie. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna love it. So, um, so I thought I thought that's where it came from. So I, I thought, um, and uh, that weapon. Uh, well, I don't know spoilers, but you know that weapon may may or may not come into play later on in the book. I have um, to see that because for me the influence was more Buffy, Buffy related. Ah, all right. Choice, uh, right? Okay. I gotcha. I'm a huge Buffy. Yeah, fan, and Mike's so. probably one of the biggest Buffy fans I know. Oh, me too. Uh, did they give you any guidelines when writing this? Um, yeah, you know they wanted me to have certain characters that would make an appearance. They they wanted to be kind of um, something that other people who followed previously would still be able to enjoy and follow along, but that it would also be accessible to the new readers. So I did have some, um, not limitations, but some guidelines in terms of who was going to be involved in each in, in the series. And so I had to do a lot of, you know, re- reading all the back issues and everything, which was really interesting. And, um, but there was lots of creative freedom as well with Aspen, which was wonderful. That's great. Were you able to inject any of your own personal experiences or maybe even a little bit of yourself into the writing? Well, I would say in terms of if you follow me online, then you know I'm a little bit of a sarcastic type of person. And I I generally I'm not taking anything really too seriously. I that's how I just how I am in general. So if you've read my books, the dialogue I always have is pretty funny. I always have a little bit of a funny overtone to it. And I tried to inject a little bit of that into the into the actual um, character, but overall, she's she's going to be very similar to how she was before. Um, but like you can see with my influences in social media, I have put that into the the book as well, and I think people can relate to that nowadays. So I tried to put that in. I've recently been told that I use a lot of idioms when I'm speaking that are reminiscent of my grandmother. So I'm trying to keep that out of it. They're like, everything you say sounds really like 1940s. Nothing wrong with that. I love the 40s, by the way. Yeah, it's true. The 40s were a great time. Because Ming Ming lived through the 40s, so you just don't don't tell anyone. Yeah, I think one of the the best parts I like about the book is is Aspen is outed. as uh, Her powers are outed. Uh, She is a person and her superpowers are outed. Um, all anyone wants to talk about, though, is her, her costume and, and how she looks, Mike, her appearance. As, 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 uh, as our social media overloaded world tends to do, Mike. Yeah, true. Wow, that's a, you know what? I never thought of that point, Ming. Very yeah. nice. So, Good pull. So thanks, thanks, for, thanks for putting that in, Blake. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's such a huge thing, too, nowadays with – I say nowadays. Um, one of the challenges, I guess, I should say, one of the elephants in the room, you know, when I was writing Fathom is it did come from a completely different era in comics when the sexy woman trope was just commonplace. Right. I mean, you'd walk into the store and it would be, you know, the entire row of – you know, beautiful women, but they were pretty sexy poses and stuff. And no one really questioned it. It was just kind of a part of comics. And now things are very different. The The atmosphere is different, you know, and I feel like um, 
it's just it's a it's a strange tightrope to walk because this character is underwater. I can't, you know, she's a she's going to be in a bathing suit. Right, exactly. <laughs> like she's going to. Um, they can't put they put Wonder Woman in a turtleneck sweater. You know, I can't really do that for no. her. So <laughs> it's going to have those influences, and I just kind of poke fun at it a little bit. And Mike, we'll she's see out. Goes. Mike, she's out surfing. She's wearing a rash guard and bikini bottoms. I mean, like, what do, what do you want? What do you yeah. want, Mike? What do you want? Stop stop shaming Aspen I am not Matthews. shaming anyone, Ming. Stop I think sh- she should wear the... Um... Stop shaming Aspen Matthews, Mike. <laughs> How dare you? You know what? She can wear a, a miniskirt for all I care right. out on the water. I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, yeah, that's... That's so true that back in the – that's one of the, the hits that the 90s took was everybody was hypersexualized, especially the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and by – yeah, by especially the women, I mean only the women. You had uh, you know, the guys who had these, these uh, shoulder pads and – you know, even um, I think you described all of Gen Thirteen, by the way. Pretty much, but was- <laughs> exactly. But that was when um, um, Alex Ross was making fun of everything that was hypersexualized in Kingdom Come. That's where where Magog came from. Right. You know, he he created this. It was supposed to be like a, a take on Cable and everyone who was an X Man at the time. You know, like all those shoulder pads and all the weaponry that they right. had on them. And uh, he's like, yeah, this is this is kind of, you know, my you know poking fun at. And over time, he's like, Magog grew to be his favorite character. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So you you never know. I mean, panty shields might be perfect for you know, the 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 two thousand twenties. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I want to bring up one more <laughs> fact here, Mike. Uh, you told me that James Cameron had uh, one time optioned Fathom for a movie. Yes. Yeah, that was what I've been informed anyway, that he was interested and it was going to be taken over, I guess, by him to do into a movie in around 2003, I think. And they had attached Megan Fox's name to playing uh, Aspen at the time. Now, he did Avatar, I think, instead. Right. So I don't. I guess from what I hear, they worked out for him. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand. Slightly. Yeah. Successful with that. So. But you never know; it could happen. That would be that would be just crazy beyond, beyond anything. But would you but keep, it's still exciting. Would you keep Megan Fox? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted to hear. For sure. That that's awesome. Really, no Mila Kunis. Oh, Mila Kunis. Yeah, Ooh. she'd be good too. She'd be perfect. I actually, for just watched um, Megan Fox's on the New Girl. Oh, I don't know okay. if you guys watch that comedy show. Uh, I don't, but I happen to. Lo- I love Zoe Deschanel. I thought she oh, was great yeah. in um, in Weeds and. You know, the, the three episodes she was on. Yeah, I love her and everything. Yeah. And she sings, too. She sings. She's amazing. I know. They try to make her sing on the show sometimes, and I'm like, wow, she, she's just so talented. Um, but Megan Fox is on that right now, so that's where I've been watching her. And I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I could get her interested in, in doing Aspen again. <laughs> Being Fathom, that'd be amazing. You never know. That's, she could. That's cool. Before we go, I actually wanted to get you involved in something I, I have here as a bullet point that me and Mike were going to talk about. So Ben Affleck, the Batman... I uh, just announced this week that he will not be directing. Right. He was going to star and direct, which I believe he's done a couple times. So yes. it's not like he's a stranger to it. Argo. Argo. Um, uh, gone Baby. Uh, did he, not Gone Baby Gone. Uh, the, the Town. Yes. Maybe. I can't remember. But uh, so no stranger to that. Two-time Oscar winner. Guy can do anything right now, including play the Batman. Came out with a statement going, uh, you know, I want to put all my focus into this iconic character into playing Batman. And as such, a, 
I'm going to hand off the directing reins to somebody else. Okay. Uh, good idea, bad idea. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think maybe he's onto something there because there's, you know, being invested. I'm not an actress, but being invested in the character seems like the mo- most important goal of an actor. So if he feels like he can't split his time then or his focus, um, and he wants to do one or the other, I think he's a great Batman. So yeah, I you're absolutely right. I think that he's he nailed the 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 biggest part of being Batman is nailing the Bruce Wayne character, and <laughs> he's got it. I would love to see someone like David Fincher direct. Honestly, uh, that like, was my question to you. Was, uh, well, if not Affleck, then who? Yeah, David just Fincher's doing like Fight Club, the Game the Seven, those dark movies, kind of subversive. I think he'd be amazing. I I like that. Yeah. That's he works. I like that. Do you have a dream director? If uh, for this, yeah, if you were to direct your own, bat, I, I really don't. You, um, you, know, you were holding the purse strings. If if I were a suit, is what you're saying? Not a suit. You don't have to wear a suit. You just got a bunch of money, and you're going to fund this. Okay. If I uh, who would I bring in? I I really don't know. Um, it's got to be someone who knows action. It's got to be someone who can you know uh, can do dialogue. Someone who I don't know, Joss Whedon. That's I was thinking that you know, Joss that, Whedon would be an excellent you know pull him away from the Marvel universe because he's already divested himself. Right. Why not Joss Whedon? Yeah, my my suggestions were already people have proven themselves, including Joss Whedon and John Favreau. There you go. Which, yeah. It's kind of yeah, but David Fincher is a great one. Um, Mike, it was suggested. This is my this is my pick for dream director, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. And I only say that is so because you know then maybe we could be in the background. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. No, not going to happen. But sure, you getting? You think he's going to screw? He'd like, listen. Let me bring in these two comic book or four comic book men who will screw everything up. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Joe Hart says, "How about JJ?" Ah, JJ. it's not a bad idea, but he's more along the lines of the. Well, you think he's more this, sci-fi than comic? <laughs> I think he could do it. I, I think, think he, he could, could do a credible it. job. Sure. That's awesome. Who knows? Maybe even John Woo John get some martial arts in there. <laughs> Yeah, well, you'd have to bring in Nightwing. They would have to somehow figure out how to bring in Nightwing. Yes. Uh, who, who's to say that they, they aren't? Uh, now, he is still writing this, Ben Affleck. He is. Alongside of Jeff Johns. Is Jeff Johns yes, yep, still? Je- I okay. believe so, yes. Then it's... It's a slam dunk, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this can't lose. Jeff Johns Famous is... Famous last words, but... He is amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I've loved everything that he's you know written and directed. He did uh, a couple episodes of Smallville, yeah. and uh, he, I mean, he brought Flash to TV. Right. Oh, I love the... Yeah, Flash is amazing. That, just, exactly. That's all him. You know, uh, I'm sure that there are you know, other people who were you know, involved in the writing, but, yeah. you know, Greg Berlanti, and they, they all came and you know, took the best aspects of the Flash... And threw it in there, and so now you've got uh, like another multiverse flash, yeah. which I think is amazing. Awesome, so. Blake. Thank you very much. Um, what else are you working on? Is there anything you want to plug? Plug away. Uh, plug away. Okay. Well, other than Fathom coming out next week, next um, week, yes. I'm also going to have. Uh, I'm co-writing another um, comic right now called Agents of Pact. Ooh. And that will be with Chapter House Comics. Nice. And I'm writing with uh, Kalman Andrzejewski. So he, we're co-writing that together. And hopefully this year I'll also have a new novel out. I have been working on that last year, right before I started this comic. So I'm just trying to shop, figure out what I'm going to do with that. But there'll be a novel and these two comics. And um, how long is your run on Fathom? Do you know? I believe it's eight, eight issues that are going to be coming out. 
Perfect for a trade paperback. Love yes. it. Oh, and for someone who's currently writing a comic book, uh, Mike Zapsik, do you have any advice for him? He's having trouble finishing it. <laughs> give me any advice. Yeah, you got any advice? <laughs> advice for him. I know exactly where I got to be, but I mean, it's just, it's, I've got the beginning and the end, but the middle is the one that, that eludes me. It's, it's all that stuff in between. And I want to make it relevant where people are like, hey, this is, this doesn't suck. Yeah, which Blake has done in the Yes, can, of, can you? Fathom. Tell me how not to make it suck. Hmm. I would say the secret recipe or whatever it might be, just drink a lot when you're writing. And then Mike's not allowed to do that. I'm not, yeah, I can't he, uh, do Mike that. Mike doesn't uh, drink. Uh, how, oh, about, doesn't uh, drink. Um, how about eat a lot of hot wings? Yeah, eat hot okay, wings. Eat hot wings. All right, and I'll eat hot wings and get, get that uh, buffalo sauce all over the keyboard. Great. Uh, yes. thank, thank you, Blake. You're amazing. Follow Blake at comic book girl, uh, G-R-R-L. And I hope we get to meet in person soon. Oh, that'd um, be amazing. She's all the way up in Toronto. We're trying to get up into cons in Canada. So, um, But with your new writing career, you may be appearing at cons all around the U.S. and Canada as Hell well. Hell yeah. So we'll, we'll bump into you, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. If we end up at the same place, I'd love to meet you guys. And who knows? Maybe I can uh, come down to the stash, bring my Slovak food with me, and uh, we'll have a little chance to get caught up. That'd be great. Mike likes Slovak food. Of course. I am Slovak, for God's sake. Yeah, All yeah right. I heard that. Yeah. The store's always open for you, my friend. Yes, oh, thank you, Blake. Thank you. Awesome. Blake, thank you very much. Oh, and thank you guys oh, for oh, having me. Oh, before you go, can you say a boot one more time? <laughs> no, you're making fun of me teasing No, me. no, no, oh, God, no. I no, love no. it so much. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's so funny because I don't really think that I do it, and then people oh, say oh. that, and then I listen back to what I've said, and yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I do say that. I said a boot. About... Yes. Okay. That's All it. right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Blake. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, guys. Have thanks a, great a lot. Day. Bye. Bye. Blake Northcott, everybody. Well, she what was a, awesome. What a gem. Yes. I, I figure you would like her. And um, of course, I do. Again, we're big. We're big supporters of the uh, the female the uh, female comic book writers. Not enough in this world. There aren't enough. Not enough. And we want to meet all of them. By the way. We still have not met Gail Simone, by the way. But I know. Well, I think we're supposed to be at a. We might be at a con with her soon. All right, cool. We'd love to interview her. All right, new books, Mike. New books. What are you reading? Do you have a pick of the week? My pick of the week. Yes, actually, it's this. Walking Dead. Walking Dead, number 163. Now, this one's unique, Mike, in... In as much uh, in the fact that they're basically giving it away. They're pretty cents. much. I was actually going to to take like five bucks and just throw it in the uh, into Robert Kirkman's bank account. It pretty much. No, just take five bucks, throw it into the secret stash, and just give them out. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why cool. not? Uh, but it's The Walking um, Dead. This is. What's the story behind why it's twenty five or twenty five cents? Because it's the twenty fifth anniversary of Image Comics. Oh, okay. So, so they they make a bunch. A why is it everything? Of why isn't paper, my copy of Paper Girls twenty five cents though? Uh, why isn't Why isn't my copy of Saga? Because I mean, they will be. They they will have twenty five cent issues of a whole bunch of stuff. Is it my? Um, I, I read a theory that it's twenty five cents because the wisp the end of the Whisper War was not awesome. I don't and know. They're trying to get readers back. Did, really? Is, this, is that what you think? Because I, 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 I that's thought not what I, that's not what I think. This is what I read. Well, you know what? I thought that the Whisper War was very cool and okay. very well done. You, um, you like the ending? I did. Okay. And there's uh, a no whole spoilers. bunch of stuff in here uh, that um, the Whisperers played a long term. They're, they're playing the long game. Okay, which is great. I like the long the long Yes, con. the long game, in, and uh, they want to wipe out all of the settlements. 
because they think all that of them. all of them, and they think that the only way that human beings can coexist with the dead, yes. this is the, the whispers, yes. is to become them. What they do is they they yeah they dress up and, they dress up like the dead and yeah. they mingle among them yeah and uh, they don't think that human beings should be separate from these guys right which clean it's nuts. showered exactly not stank yeah uh, and you know uh, these guys adhere to like the um the the law of the animal kingdom yeah. You know, if you see a woman, you want her, you take her, and it's horrible. I right. mean, you know, this yeah. has happened multiple times, sure. and you're you're like sitting there going, "These people are are the ones who who made it in this, yeah, you know, post apocalyptic world." Yeah, the answer wow. is yes. So yeah, they they found a way that works for them, which is god awful, and it's it's barbaric, is what it is. Yeah. But um, so we're reverting, we're going backwards, right? Can't wait to see the whispers and. On the TV show. Though. Yeah, gonna, this is going to be pretty cool. So uh, this is just what happens to Alexandria. And it turns out that the saviors are, um, are scumbags. Uh, as we've, oh, gee. Really? As we've thought. Wow. Because uh, there's, there's a power play going on with that entire you know, encampment. Sure. So they're, they're sitting back and letting everybody else fight this war. Yeah. Which is douche. But, hey, what are you going to do? Well, there's They're no the reason for you not to pick this up for a shiny quarter. For a shiny any, quarter. You cannot get anything for a quarter. You can get a gumball for a quarter, and it won't be quite as satisfying as this. No, it'll so. lose its flavor in three seconds, and then, yes, and it then will. You're, you're left with a tasteless piece of rubber. Right. So this is, uh, you, you're going to, there are a lot of things that are going on in this. Uh, there are deaths, but um, not as many as you'd think. Right. And it's, it is, it's a really good read for a quarter. Hell yeah. yeah. Quarter, pick this one up. Yeah. Not since, what, 1983? Have we seen comics for a quarter? 85? Oh, God. No, no they, they, they did like... Cents. They were doing 10-cent specials. They did a 9-cent okay. variant for uh, Fantastic Four when Mark Wade was writing it. Oh, okay, it. So, okay. Yeah, we've seen this. It, and I don't... It doesn't feel I'm, gimmicky to me because this is an entire comic. But uh, as a... Hold on. <laughs> as a retailer, though... Yes. What do you remember? Like, what did we pay for this? What's wholesale? Okay, open the curtain a little bit. Do you uh, know? It's like fifteen cents. So we make ten. See, that's gonna yeah. that's gonna that's gonna chap your ass a little bit. Uh, nah, you know what? No, as long as it's not like every comic book, yeah, we're we're okay. Okay, yeah, we'll, as long we'll as it's right. one. Okay. Yeah, and okay. then you're like, yeah, making ten cents a comic. Uh, yeah, be tough. again, harkening back to the seventies. Sure. So then you add you add in labor too. So you're making you're making yeah. nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So. Save Mike Zapsick, everybody. Save the clock buy, tower. Don't just buy. <laughs> buy a hundred. Has anyone of them. come in and just be like, "I'll take one"? Wait, what's tax on a quarter? Uh, it's like two cents. It's like twenty-seven cents. Okay, so bring two pennies with you. Yeah, then. bring two pennies. But has anyone just bought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's okay. we don't have anything that costs that. That's funny. No, no, it's not. That's, That's funny. True. All right. Okay. Uh, my pick um, wasn't. I was going by. I wasn't even going to pick this one up. But I picked it out of curiosity. Rise and Fall of Captain Adam number two. Yes. Now I didn't read number. I went back and read number one. Okay. Uh, which is great. Basically, uh, our uh, Captain Adam, uh, he's dealing with something called quantum fever. Yes. Where uh, just his his body is going nuts from all the nuclear shit going on. Of course, wouldn't it? Inside, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's not good. It's killing people. It's uh, it's mixing, it's causing him to explode. Causing him to explode is mixing up with other superheroes, and he can't control it. And ultimately, what happens is he get he gets thrown back in time to 1995, loses his powers, 
he's he's trapped there and he's like all right well i guess you know what am i gonna do but live yeah but what is life like with no surprises you know everything that's gonna happen yeah and he mentions uh you know there's no there's no twitter there's no podcast there's no skype no smartphones right and no 9-11 yeah can he can he go uh can he live his life and and prevent stuff from happening that's yeah. like the premise of uh stephen king's 11 uh 11 23 60, yeah yeah 63 exactly. yeah except he's not gonna he's well he may want to pre- try to prevent some of these but he he consults with a a a, a genius professor uh-huh. on on how much exactly he's able to change before things go to shit right uh how many things but how many butterfly effects right any effect and he's basically told uh you know you as long as they're minor the world will go and correct itself shouldn't have too much to worry about but he violates the one cardinal sin falls in love uh. <laughs> falls in love gets married starts having visions of destruction and uh something happens to him at the end uh you know his body wasn't going to stay together he's right still, he's still an atomic being and uh, I thought, I, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for anything time travel. Everybody here knows that. But uh, I never thought about the, uh, the moral and um, uh, not psychological, but ph- philosophical arguments about being thrown back in time and getting trapped there. Because um, I didn't really think about it when, you know, like old man Logan goes back. Right and starts laying waste to people he thinks are his enemies. Right, but uh, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, this is issue two, you're uh, you're not too far along in this one. I it's a six issue series. Highly recommend this one. I, sw- cool. I felt yeah, it's a six issue. Uh, it's a six issue series, and um, I felt smart reading this with all the all the quantum fever talk. Yeah, going right. On. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Do you, do you have the if you are thrown back in time and you know, you know it's nineteen happened, but you can't or really act on it. Like to eighteen ninety nine, and you're like standing outside of Hitler's house, and his mom just gave birth to him. Yeah, you hear the baby crying. Yeah, what or is you it eighteen eighty nine? I'm sorry, like which that. I, yeah, are, do you have a moral obligation to kill Hitler or not? Right. So I, how much changes, and do you change it for the better? You don't know. Of course not. It's so. It's like, do I have the right to kill a baby? Right. I mean that's that's the whole thing. It's like, will you go back and kill Hitler as a baby? I'd I'd rather wait until he's you know like fifteen and you know being a punk ass punk. I don't know. It's it's very it, that's a that's a difficult. It's a moral quandary. And it is how many people can really say that they would have the intestinal fortitude to, to kill a baby? Yeah, exactly. What else you got? I got monsters unleashed number two. I monsters, a lot of cool variant covers. Monsters, yeah. Uh, wow, there we go. Uh, we've got the um, the monsters from um, Avengers. Those uh, the Chitari, those big ass things. Uh, yeah, big ass ugly in, looking, big dudes. ass ugly things, and uh, which were also in Darth Vader. So I think that's pretty cool. Yes, and I just love the universe is crossing over, man. You've got all these these monsters, these creatures, these uh, kaiju, if you will. Uh, falling to Earth, and all the superheroes are banding together to fight them. And um, so for any fans of not only the Marvel monsters but the but kaiju as well, this is the book for you this week. Yes, this is, this is very cool. Um, and you know you've got these new monsters coming from outer space, and you've got uh, some of the other monsters who've been hanging around the periphery of the Marvel Universe who also show up, yeah. and we're going to see what's going on. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Yep. 
my second one, Darth Maul number one. Darth Maul, not on know, my list. Not but on your list. What did you think? Uh, so Darth Maul always, uh, probably, when you boil it down, probably the coolest villain in the Star Wars universe. At least the coolest looking. At least villain. the coolest looking. But the double lightsaber, I remember seeing the trailer, I was like, oh my god. This is going to be awesome, we and then, then we were... a new Sith Lord that's going to span the whole trilogy, and then he gets killed pretty wuss. Well, maybe not killed, he gets brought back in right. clone, what, clone Wars I and Rebels. I think it was Rebels. Clone Wars, yeah, and then Rebels. He's not dead. But he, he was uh, dispatched rather easily, I thought. Handily by... and you By would, freaking Liam Neeson? I know he... No, it wasn't Liam Neeson, it was by... Um, he got killed by Obi-Wan. But, Oh, cool. Obi Wan. That's right. Oh, he killed Liam. He killed Qui Gon. Yeah, he right. killed Qui Gon. And then he was taken down by the Apprentice. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's, and I'm not talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, we're I'm talking about, about yeah, we're yeah. talking about Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, crap. That's it. That's all yeah. we get. And so anything uh, that goes more in depth with him, uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. Although I am not caught up on Clone Wars or Rebels. Me but, neither. I haven't read them. But or uh, read them. Watch them. Standalone Darth Maul. So. Uh, we see in the beginning, we see how he hones his skills by uh, hunting uh, Rath- Rathrars, who we saw in Force Awakens. The, okay. The things that uh, Han Solo and Chewie were, right. were bringing in. Were smuggling. Smuggling, yes. Those big, ugly the looking spice smugglers. With the, the teeth and the, all the eyes and the tentacles and shit. One of the most de- deadliest creatures in the galaxy. Okay. Spend a little time watching him dispatch. That's dispatch him. That's his training. Like, okay. Laying waste to people. We see. His hatred and uh, there's a he's got inner dialogue saying that he's born, bred, and trained to kill. All he wants to do is kill Jedi's. Of course, he's not the boss of everything. He's got Senator Palpatine, yeah. Emperor, not Emperor, yeah, Senator Palpatine, asking, telling him to wait that he needs patience. Uh, that when the time to strike is right, that he will be unleashed. All he wants to do is kill Jedi, Mike. Kill and, Jedi. And I feel I kind of I almost feel bad for him. He's yeah, because being used to his full potential. True, and you know that he's not going to be killing any Jedi because, well, we know who's going to kill all the Jedi. Right. So bummer. Yeah, I know that's that. Yeah, but for uh, if you want a little more in depth uh, history, this takes place right before Episode One, so you get a little, little okay. prequel to the prequels. Cool and uh, much more worthy character to follow than same. You know when when do we get the when does Jar Jar number one come out? Uh, no, are we I getting are we never. getting that? Yeah. Um, here's here's my question. But was he the senator's um, apprentice or was he Dooku's? He oh apprentice. See that's that's he if you're a Sith Lord right. and that's you're what the pa- yeah and he mentions that he's he's like he is the, also a Padawan yeah but the Sith version yeah I'm, I mean you'd call him a Padawan right I mean. Why yeah, not? I believe he is Senator Palpatine's. Okay, he then where does, where does Dooku fall in there? Was he a Sith Lord? I don't know if he was a Lord. Because there's only one. Right. I don't know so. if he was a Lord as much as... God, I, 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 you know, I, don't, I didn't even care about Dooku that much. To be I thought Dooku was a pretty cool character. He was. He didn't pop up till the second one, though. So True. He was but kind he was... of, I, and, and from what I hear, based on the reactions of... Phantom Menace. That's why he was written into the second one. Yeah, I figured that. So, <laughs> so what are you going to do? Because you always need a backup. Nah, that's not true. But uh, as we've learned in the Darth Vader um, twenty-five issue arc that they did for him, that you know, you always got to have a backup yeah, plan, always. especially if you're Palpatine. Always. 
Yes. Always. What else you got? Next up, Planet of the Apes Green Lantern. I like the little Mego Number one. This is, figure yeah, cover here. This is very cool if you're you're looking over here. Um, turns out that, you know, Earth has some stuff. Yeah, how does this work? Uh, time travel. Okay, fair um, enough. They find, they find a grouping of... Uh, Cornelius and Zira find a grouping of... Um, Lantern rings that are almost destroyed, but you know, starting to reform themselves because they are, um, you know, lantern rings. So it's pretty cool. And we also see the underground mutants in here. Not okay. to spoil anything, so you're gonna see some. Uh, you're gonna see some some shit. You're gonna see. Some I want to see some shit. All yeah, right. monkeys. Uh, monkeys. You're gonna see uh, apes. Apes shall not harm apes unless you have a lantern ring. So that's well, pretty I mean, cool. Hey, that, I mean, that just kind of ruins all the rules. throws all the rules out the yeah, window. Of course right? it does. Uh, Justice League number 14, Mike. Yes. The way I described this issue, uh, if you've ever wanted to see the... Ju- if you ever want to see uh, what happens if the Justice League got put into t- detention, like the Breakfast Club. Right. And they start talking to each other and talking about each other's feelings. and That's... Yeah, and, that's a little odd. Yeah. Basically, uh, the DC version of the Death Star comes to Earth. Warworld, yes. Warworld starts laying waste, and the Just League kind of gets their asses handed to them. It's a pretty powerful weapon. Uh, yeah, of course. Where it goes to just strip mine stars, whole entire star systems, right? Planets, moons, suns, just grabs all their resources. Uh, so just um, Just League got they got a little work cut out for them, uh-huh. and uh, in right right in the beginning, get their asses handed to them. They get trapped underneath a bunch of rubble. And they're trying to figure out how to get out of this. Everyone's got major headaches. They're weakened. And they're sitting there <laughs> researching each other's feelings, basically. Wow, that's... It's, no, it's actually, it's very interesting. Okay. You don't see this a lot. Mostly, you know, you see some discussions and a little infighting. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, I haven't been impressed with the Justice League. All right, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just haven't been. The rebirth, it's been a little bit disappointing because you should... This, this is their... Their flagship title, the Justice League. Sure. This is their their Avengers. I, the I Earth's, do admit, yeah, they spend the whole. They're sitting in a cave talking. World's greatest heroes, and you know what? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I just haven't been really that that impressed. All right, and the only thing missing was the weed. Okay, they had the weed yeah. and that like Superman like running or like like Emilio. Estevez. Really, who was uh, who was Principal Werner? Well, they didn't. You don't see him. Oh, okay. But if uh, the rest of the there. Breakfast Club. How about the janitor? Was he there? The, the janitor is not there as well. Carl. Yeah. Carl. Do you know he has a backstory? What's his backstory? Oh my God! Yeah, uh, uh, John dude- Capa- Ca- John Capalata. Yeah, Capa- I met the dude who played him. Yeah, he is awesome. Uh, he was also he, he was a big um, uh, in a lot of the John Hughes movies. He played. If you ever watched Sixteen Candles, he played the greasy bohunk. Yeah. Um, but his backstory was he was Carl, and uh, he was the big man. On, if, if they they said that he was um, like man of the year yeah. at that at the Shermer High yeah. School, and then what happened? And he went off to college, and he was on a football scholarship, and uh, had his heart broken by his high school sweetheart, and he just pined away for for her, and, and it ruined everything. Ruined everything. He uh, he came back. Um, you know, made a lot of bad decisions and ended up doing this for, you know, this was going to be a temporary thing. Yeah. And wow. turned out to be like a lifelong thing. Right. He was, he made a lot of bad decisions all stemming from that. How weird is that that he made where, an entire where, backstory? Where is this backstory? 
Uh, Did you read this? I read it on one of the. I, I think it was BuzzFeed. Oh, okay. Wow. So they talked to him, and and I think John Cap. I wish it. John Capitopoulos. Did John Hughes flesh this out, or did I, he? I think it was John Capitopoulos that <laughs> made this up. Yeah. Okay. Which is brilliant, because you know he he said, "How does one go about be, becoming a uh, a janitor?" Right. And like, he, well, I, let me tell you a story. Yeah, and he was going to do that, and you know they, there were a couple of things they had. Um, like jazzercise in the uh, the auditorium sure. that they were going to break in, and uh, up one of the the teachers was going to be swimming naked, but they decided not to go with that either. Yeah, so good decision. Exactly, good decision. Uh, last pick, uh, Paper Girls number eleven. Of course, um, uh, girls get the uh, the Paper Girls get thrown back into time. They're trying to figure out where they are. And uh, the way they try to figure out what time period they're in, uh, pick up a newspaper. Of course. Start reading Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, and why they, wouldn't you? They meet a native girl, and then a big, big uh, furry creature jumps out. Uh-oh. And uh, they need to subdue it. Uh, weirdness, wildness, time travel, and interdimensional shenanigans. Ensue. Uh, it, it all continues, and this is why I love it so much. Yes. I, I, I describe it further, but I can't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just, yeah. You are literally... Uh, Handcuffed yeah. from doing that without giving spoilers. I can't. Uh, lastly, before we go, Mike, I don't know if. Oh, do you have another book that you want to talk? Would you? Nova number three. Okay. Pick it up. It's awesome. Okay. It's Rich Ryder <laughs> okay, and Sam enough. Humphreys. They're okay. they're right. uh, they're a dynamic duo. Right. It's didn't, pretty cool. Didn't want to cock block. That's your okay. Last comic book and book. also, if you get a chance, if you're a fan of John Burns, the Alpha Flight Omnibus came out. I saw that. You it is in amazing. Wow. So we're collecting one through. This is there are forty issues of of goodness in here. I love probably Alpha more Flight, than that. Forty five. Forty five. I don't know how many. It's just I, a bunch. Yeah, I, I read Alpha Flight sparingly when I was a kid, but then uh, you know recently started reading about the adventures of Puck and Sasquatch. And um, I'm, I'm forty-seven issues. I'm, Holy crap! I'm digging it. Might have to get you to order one of these. Yeah, things. this is this is fantastic. You need it for the uh, Titan Tower Library, I think. Yes, so I love it. Uh, before we go, uh, uh, there was there was another recorded case of Harry Potter book burnings, Mike. Oh my God! <laughs> Can you believe this is still going on in this day and age? <sighs> now the previous ones were were done by angry parents, I think, who thought the books were promoting witchcraft and Satanism. Oh my God! What the, is this Nazi Germany? Holy I, I crap! I know these were burned because J.K. Rowling is anti-Trump, so Trump supporters okay. were burning. Copies of the book. And again, Nazi Germany? What the hell? Yeah, Come exactly. on, let's not get political, now, I, people. I love her response, though. Uh, I think somebody... There are some people who tweet her, like, I will never read your books again. She saw the that they were burning some of her books. She's uh-huh. like, hey, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but uh, but I, I win. I got your money already. So well, actually, somebody said, um, I'm going to burn your DVD. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've got I've got the DVDs of all your movies. I'm yeah. going to burn them. Yeah. He says, "Well, um, the DVDs, if you burn them, they might be toxic." Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah, and uh, I, I already have your money, I so I win, money. and yeah. you can borrow my lighter. Yeah. Yeah. She you actually, can borrow my yeah, lighter. Borrow my it. lighter. I love it. And you know what? God bless her. You know what? That's here's a woman who's who's a true rags to riches story. Oh God, yes. And she she's entitled to her opinion. Everybody's entitled to your opinion. I, it's when it crosses that line and you start to get, you know, like when people say you're an asshole for your opinion, that's what pisses me off cuz yeah. I don't care. I in, at our level, at our level on the uh, to to pull a Stephen King, our level uh in the tower, we're never 
ever going to be impacted directly by anything, you know, at the Washington, D.C. level. Right. If someone comes from my Muslim neighbor, I will stand with my Muslim oh, neighbor. Oh, sure, yeah. You, if you start, you know, you hear that, um, you know, I, I didn't stand up when they came for the, the thing. And that's bullshit because if somebody's if, – if they're coming – you stand up and yeah. you do what's right. Yeah. That's all. It's and there there endeth the lesson. It's you do what's right. You don't do what's politically correct. Yeah. So if anyone comes for I don't know, it it's just it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You know, I've lived long enough to see that, you know, there's there are safeguards in check that Well, I mean let's hope not. I'm yeah. sure. But to be honest with you, if if it does happen, I'm standing with my neighbor. Yeah, and uh, I think when we go to England and uh, Scotland, there's a the cafe where she wrote most Harry Potters, either in London Ooh. or Edinburgh. I don't know somewhere around where we're going to be. Oh, cool! I'd like to go. So excellent. Anyways. Yeah. So anyways, good right. on you. Good on you, Miss Miss Rowland. Right. Awesome. How do you say it? Rolling. J.K. Rowland? Rolling. 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 Yeah. Rolling. 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 Okay. Cool. Keep, She's awesome. Keep those books rolling. Yeah. Okay. That's that's right. Yeah. Although I am having. Tough time getting through the cursed child. Yeah, I'm, I, it's just written in uh, a different format right. than I'm used to. Well, so stick with it, Mike. I, I stick with it, of course. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Blake Northcott. Thank you so much. Yes, for thank you so much. Uh, we have to. God, I, I hope we talk to you again. And uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Ming, and thanks for everyone who's watching on Twitch. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Seriously. My cousin Dave said, "Hey, did the flu hit you a little hit bit, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I've been down for like yeah. three days. Suck. So Anyways, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back I'm strong. Coming back. So, but again, thank you, everybody, and there you go. I could sell comics to a blind man. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.